What's good? And welcome back to another episode of the Color Reimagine podcast presented to you by People of Color Clothing. Of course, I'm your host, Darius Northern. And today we have not one, but two special guests, one of which you should be very familiar with if you are tapped in with the People of Color Clothing website or Instagram. We have the lead photographer today, Yvette Child, joining us as a go- as a guest slash co-host. And then we also have our best friend, Tyson Adams Jr., um here with us and he is the star of the show so we're going to dive into his journey um dive into his discovery dive into his self-truth and we're going to have a prolific conversation so without further ado let's welcome Yvette and Tyson man thank you Tyler man yeah no problem yeah welcome to the podcast platform I'm excited to have both of you guys um you guys Tyson has definitely has a unique story but Yvette um you're kind of tied in because you're literally Tyson's day one. So um, I'm, I'm really excited to kind of dive into who Tyson is, what he's been through and how he's evolved over time. And Yvette, you've been there the entire time. So again, you, you had, you've had a front row seat to all of this. So super excited to dive in to today's podcast episode without wasting any time. Let's hop right in. Um, Tell us a little bit about Tyson Adam Jr. Yeah, I'm Tyson. Um, I'm 24. Uh, I come from a mixed family. My dad's black. My mom's Japanese. Uh, I was born in Denver, Colorado. And then I moved to Oregon when I was three or four. Mm -hmm. We were in Westland for about a year. And then we moved to Corvallis. And that's pretty much where my family's been this whole time. You know, I went to elementary school, middle school, high school there. My parents still mm-hmm. live there. So that's pretty much home for me. Uh, I have a big family. I'm one of seven siblings. Sheesh. So I have two older half-sisters from my mom, one from mm-hmm. my brother, or my, my brother, my dad. And then I have three younger siblings that are all my full siblings. So that there's a dope. lot of that. Yeah. That's dope. And kind of doing a little bit of studying about you prior to this interview uh you went to U of O correct yeah yeah what did you study there yeah my degree was in human physiology and I had a minor in chemistry and psychology sheesh big time big time uh what about you Yvette tell us a little bit about you yeah so I was born in Las Vegas which is really random but we (laughs) moved to um we moved to Albany first and then Corvallis um and my parents divorced when I was like two and then my mom remarried. So my I'm half Chinese, my dad's Chinese and then my mom's Korean and she remarried to a Korean man. So I feel more Korean just because I grew up in a Korean household. But um, I also have um, three siblings. I have an older full brother, an older stepsister and a younger half brother. Um, but yeah, we grew up in Corvallis basically. And then I went to Oregon state, majored in marketing and graduated in 2019. Congratulations. Belated congratulations on graduating 2019. I graduated 2019 too, with a degree in public health, but I'm not really practicing using my degree. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so just to kind of, for, for our audience, could you enlighten us on the depth of friendship you've had? Yeah, um, so we met in first grade, and I forget, like, exactly how we met. Tyson says we were making fun of this girl, but we became friends with her, too, like, best friends. 
Um, and then, yep, that's us at the zoo. But we met in first grade and literally were inseparable. I think it's because we were the only non-white people in class. Um, we just related like on everything. I don't know. We, well, I don't know what first graders talk about anymore, but we were like, yes, like on the same page. We played the same games. We were like, let's do like superpower games. Let's do like house. And like, we both loved it. So um, yeah, we were just like inseparable from first grade, but we we went to different middle schools and then came back together in high school and then obviously went to different colleges. And now Tyson lives in San Francisco, but yeah, we've known each other for like, like 18 years, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, that's very very wild. So getting into him, kind of sharing his experience, his his evolution. Um, Yvette, like I said before, you've had a unique you've had a unique position in his life, being that you've been able to see his, the maturation process. You've been able to see him go from this to that. So um, I'm really excited to hear his story, but I'm also excited to hear like you kind of chime in with you know maybe details that he maybe hasn't heard before. So right. so back to you, Tyson. Um, what was it like growing up for you? And when did you first realize you were attracted to the same sex mm -hmm. per se? Yeah. So, I mean, I think this is kind of a common theme that you would probably hear from other people that are, you know, gay and growing up. You don't necessarily know, like, as you get older, you don't really know. It's kind of, you just feel different, but you don't know what's different about you. And that's mm -hmm. kind of how I felt because it's probably different now, but I guess back then, like no one really talked about being gay or what it was or, you know, what it meant to be gay. And I guess what the signs of that were. And so it doesn't really cross your mind, especially when you're a little kid, you don't really think about stuff like that. And so it wasn't until I think it was eighth grade. Another one of my friends, she is really into theater. And so in that community, there's a lot of people that are, part of the LGBTQ community and just happened to be a lot more comfortable with it at an earlier age from my experience. And so she knew other guys that were gay. And so I remember one day she asked me, she was like, do you, do you think you could be gay or bisexual or whatever? And I remember at the time I was kind of like, uh, maybe, you know, like I wasn't offended. I wasn't, you know, scared of it. I just had never really crossed my mind before. And so at that time, but I was also dating a girl at that time. <laughs> so there's that. But, and so I have initially, I identified as bisexual, which can also be kind of, that's another issue within the community is that a lot of people think, you know, if you say you're bisexual and you're a guy, you're probably just gay, but you're just saying that because it's, you know, easier and more palatable to, you know, the public. But for me, it's truly what I felt like at the time because this person that I was dating, you know, I did really like them. And, you know, in eighth grade, you know, when you're that young, you've never really had like a true relationship where you, you know, genuinely love someone. You don't really know what that feels like. And so for sure at the time, you know, that felt right. But, you know, it was in eighth grade. And then from then, you know, I never really like questioned it. I think after we, the girl and I broke up, you know, I kind of just decided, you know, you know, maybe that wasn't for me. You know, I think I actually am just gay, not bisexual. Um, and I kind of just 
realize that after the fact. And you know, we're still friends. It, there's not there was nothing wrong with that. And I told her that I felt like I was bisexual when we were dating, and you know, she was totally okay with it. You know, which is fortunate for me. But yeah, no, it was around eighth grade, freshman year. Um, through that process, from you know the moment that the girl in a the theater class or cohort um, asked you about it, was there any moment of like doubt within that time frame, or any moment of suppression, or any moment of like denial, or anything like that, or did you just fully embrace like, okay, yeah, I might be this, and it's okay? Yeah. So I mean, fortunately for me, I never really had any issues with you know self doubt or suppression or anything like that. Um, I mean, I did start out by saying I was bisexual, but that wasn't necessarily because I was, you know, trying to be more palatable to anyone. It's just what I felt like at the time. And then, mm -hmm. you know, naturally, as you get older, you kind of just find yourself a little bit more. And so that's kind of what happened with me. But, you know, I kind of just embraced it from the beginning. I, you know, never tried to hide it or, you know, push it away or anything, which is, you know, fortunate for me because I know a lot of people don't have that same experience. Oh, that's dope. It's cool. And it sounds like you might have had a lot of support around you as well for you to feel comfortable enough to kind of walk into that. I think that's that's really cool. And in Yvette, from your perspective, like, I know this is kind of like the middle school phase and you guys were separated, right? Yeah. Um, but I'm sure you guys were still around each other, I'm assuming. Um, what was it like from your perspective looking at Tyson? Like, did you have yeah. inklings or was it just kind of like you didn't really care because you're, you're young and you're just <laughs> growing yeah. yourself? Um, I would say like I didn't care at all. I was just like he's my friend and that's it and like whatever he wants and whatever he likes that's fine and I was never like oh he's gay or oh he's bi. I was just like whatever you know makes you comfortable and what you enjoy then I, I am supportive of that and like I think I did have some feeling around high school. I think middle school is a little hard but like I just felt yeah. like throughout our whole lives like we related to a lot of stuff and like no other guy related to stuff like that with me and so I, I but I wasn't like gay like I was just like oh th that means like we're good friends and and everything um and then I think in high school I started feeling more so like I could tell but we were like siblings so it's hard to be emotional it's hard to like say hard like difficult things to one another so um that was like I think uh, it was just trying to, we were, you know, we're all trying to figure ourselves out in high school no matter what. And it's a difficult time. So um, I wasn't concerned about his sexuality. I was still trying to figure out who I was. And exactly, I just, yeah. like I said, I just wanted to be supportive and be there and be a good friend. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that was my experience. Yeah. And Tyson, like, what was high school for you? Like, like once you realized, like, okay, after that, after that girl, we didn't realize like, hey, I may not be bisexual. I might just be like gay. Like, what was that experience like navigating high school? Yeah. Um. So for me, it's a little different just because I never really had a specific coming out. You know, I didn't do the thing where I posted on Facebook. I didn't post on Instagram. You know, I didn't like sit everyone down and say like, hey, you know, I'm gay. I always kind of wanted it to be, at least for me, just something that was. And so if it came up in a conversation, you know, you know, I would just be like, oh, you know, I'm interested in this guy or, you know, instead of just being like, oh, by the way, just, you know, I'm gay. Like, I just wanted it to kind of be normalized and just be a part of who I was without making it a big deal. And so I never really specifically told anyone other than 
well, there was that one girl initially, and then I had a group of four other girls that I told, I think it was either eighth grade also or freshman year, and then I told Yvette, but I think I told you last. I think I didn't, <laughs> I didn't tell you until like, I think senior like, year, maybe, I don't know. But like you knew, like I didn't keep it a secret, but I just never oh, specifically yeah. told you. Yeah. I don't know. Why do you think you didn't, why do you think Yvette was the last person to, I guess, not necessarily know, but to you made it made it known to her. Like, why would you? Why do you think she was the last person? Yeah. Well, growing up, she was like pretty involved in her church, and so you know, on Friday nights, she was always going to youth group, and she like wouldn't come to the dances with us, <laughs> or like you know, go to the games with us. And so I didn't know like how she like I knew she'd be okay with it, but for some reason, like in the back of my mind, there was just like a little bit of kind of like, well, what if she isn't okay with it? Even though like I knew like in my heart that she wouldn't care. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of why I waited so long. And then by then she like, she can obviously talk about this too. She wasn't as involved in the church at that point anymore. And so I felt more comfortable kind of just being like, oh, hey, by the way, you know, this is who I am. And she was like, oh, yeah, that's fine. I knew it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And what, like, what was, what was going through your head at this time you felt? Yeah, I mean, I was so involved in church. It was, like, forced on me as a kid. I was like, this is normal. Like, I didn't know any different. And then mm-hmm. it kind of became, like, my personality. And it was um, it was just, like, I don't, I don't like that part of me just because it was too much. And, like, as a kid, I felt kind of brainwashed. Like, I was like, oh, this is, how, like, correct. Like, this is what it's supposed to be. Like, my mom does it. My sister, like, you know. And um, it was around like sophomore junior year when I was like wait this is like fucked up like I don't want to be here like why am I not doing normal things like why am I not going to the dances why am I not going to football games and then obviously Mm -hmm. in church they taught me like oh marriage is between a man and a woman and I was like what the like literally I just was confusion because I was like that's just not it like it sounds so so strict and so I don't know. I just didn't support that. And then I was like, this isn't who I am anymore. Like I need to leave. It was just toxic. And then, so I left and yeah, so I felt more like comfortable after I left and I got to like go to the dances and go to the football games and not be shamed for doing that. Like I was literally shamed for going or like, Oh, you should be at youth group. Like, why aren't you at youth group? And so I totally understand why (laughs) he waited so long to tell me because I was just a Christian. I was literally like posting lyrics on Facebook about like (laughs) Christian songs and stuff. And I was, I would be scared too of me. Like literally I would have been like terrified if I, if I met this girl and she was like preaching (laughs) all day. But um, yeah, so I understand why he waited so long and like, that's totally okay because I knew, but I wasn't like, I wasn't going to go up to him and be like, hello, are you like, are you gay? Like, I was never going to say that. And so I was just like, you know, mm-hmm. it takes time and patience. And like I said, we have like a very close relationship. And with my siblings, like, I'm not really emotional. So I totally understand, like, just like, it's not hard news, but like being a little bit more personal with someone, yeah, yeah, you know, you're sure. really close to, it can be difficult. Sure. So I, I, I got it. But yeah, it was funny. He texted me one night and he's like, hey, I just need to tell you something. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what could you possibly tell me other than like that you're gay? And so I was just like, that's fine. Like he texted me and I was like, girl, I've been new. <laughs> but I was like, yeah. I support you and everything. But that's how it went. And then, yeah, so. That's dope. That's story. <laughs> um, and, and Tyson, like, what was the reaction of your family um, to you? Not necessarily coming out, um, but organically coming out. 
uh, mm-hmm. were naturally coming out? Like, what was your family's reaction and how important was their support in that process? Yeah. So this is where it's kind of like a little bit weird just because I never specifically told my parents that I was gay either. And so, you know, just kind of naturally, like I had like certain mannerisms where I would like say certain things or, you know, do certain things where they would kind of, I mean, my parents have said now that they've like known my entire life that I was probably gay, but Mm -hmm. initially, you know, I would do something and my mom or like my dad would say like, oh, don't do that. Like that makes you look gay or like, you know, you shouldn't do that. You don't want people to think you're gay. And, you know, that was kind of like all growing up. And so I kind of just got used to it and I was like, whatever. But then towards like junior, senior year of high school, there were a couple instances. I think this only happened like twice where my parents mm-hmm. would pull me aside and be like, you know, are you gay? And then initially my mom, you know, she did the whole like, you know, you're not going to go to heaven with us. Like, is that okay with you? Yada, yada, yada. And for some reason, like, obviously that was hard to deal with a little bit, but I knew that they would come around. I don't know why. I just had a feeling that, you know, that's just how they feel right now. They just don't have any experience with this. You know, they'll come around. And so that those conversations happen, you know, once, once or twice. And then we kind of just stopped talking about it. You know, like basically the end of my senior year, we, they never brought it up. We just didn't talk about relationships. You know, they obviously never asked about guys, but they also never asked about girls. It was just kind of this, but it wasn't, weird I didn't there wasn't any tension you know it was kind of just like forgotten but not in like a I guess it's kind of toxic to not talk about that stuff but also like it didn't feel toxic to me at that time Mm -hmm. that makes any sense and so initially I guess yeah they weren't okay with it but once we stopped talking about it and then I went to college I you know was just living my life normally and then I started dating my current boyfriend and then I posted a picture of us on his birthday and I just said, like, you know, glad I met you or something like that. And then all of a sudden I got a text from, like, my older sister, both of them, and my mom. And they all said, oh, when did we get to meet him? Is that your new boyfriend? And then that's dope. That's dope. it was just normal. And my mom loves him. My dad loves him. You know, they text and talk when I'm out there and whatever. And so it just that fine. <laughs> Basically, that's, that's it. Fun. Yeah, nothing crazy. And shout out to your parents for their 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 own personal evolution. Um, yeah. Like, but growing up in that household, did you ever kind of suppress yourself around your parents, or were you just Tyson through and through? Um. So I mean, there were definitely times where like I would do something, and my mom would be like, "You know, don't do that. That makes you look gay." And then I, you know, I'd stop. Kind of like, you know, I wouldn't say that word or like say that phrase or you know, hold my hand like that or stuff like that. But you know, it would still happen. You know, I, I didn't sit myself down and say like, you need to stop doing those things. Otherwise it's going to make them upset. I would just stop in the moment and just be like, okay, sorry. But you know, it would come back again, you know, cause it was who I was and exactly. it's what I was going to do. And so I didn't try to like permanently like hide that away. So Tyson, you kind of, you kind of hinted at your current relationship and starting to date in college. Did you start dating in college or did you date before? Um, I mean, like I talked to one guy in high school, but you know, he lived in a different city and you know, it was just like stupid high school stuff. It was nothing serious. And we hung in like twice, I think. So I wouldn't say it really counts. So pretty much like college is when I started dating. So your, so your current relationship, um, how has your partner kind of helped you kind of in your journey? Yeah, no, for sure. He's 
definitely a lot more in tune with his emotions, I would say. Like, mm-hmm. I, that can attest to this. I'm not, like, a, and she isn't either. We're both not like, super emotional people. And we don't really talk about our feelings all that often. And, you know, he's pretty much the opposite. And so mm-hmm. he's helped me, you know, develop and be able to express my feelings in, you know, a positive way and a constructive way. And so he's helped me, you know, get to this point, which is, you know, obviously super beneficial. But also I feel like me being, you know, so comfortable with who I am, I've also helped him just mm-hmm. because he grew up in a household where, you know, being gay was definitely not okay. And so he struggled with mm-hmm. it. Even when I met him when we first started dating, he was still kind of struggling with it. Mm-hmm. And so I've helped him in that way. And then he's helped me, you know, be a little bit more emotional. That's cool. That's cool. How'd you guys meet? Um, so we actually met on Tinder one day. I was in Portland and he's from Portland. And so I was on Tinder one day, whatever, and we matched and then we talked for a little bit, but he was going to Arizona State at the time. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, oh, whatever. He was just home for Christmas. And so we kind of, you know, that wasn't going to be anything. But then he like texted me one day and said, oh, I'm not staying at Arizona State, I'm going to transfer home. And so he's going to transfer to U of O, which is where I was going. And so I was like, okay, hey. maybe we can meet. But he initially went to Portland State because he couldn't transfer in the middle of the year because he was a semester system at ASU and then yeah. your quarter system, so he couldn't transfer. So he stayed in Portland and then we talked for a little bit, but then he started dating someone else. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we didn't talk for like... A year pretty much and then he was at U of O and dating this other person so we wouldn't really talk I would see him on campus a couple times and you know I'd wave or whatever but then pretty much like as soon as they broke up he like texted me and was like hey <laughs> and then you know we've been talking ever since and that was like three years ago so oh yeah. wow wow that's dope yeah it's crazy kind of how how things happen you kind of like plant seeds and then later they'll grow without you even knowing so <laughs> yeah that's cool and shout out to your to your partner for circling back around yeah <laughs> um <laughs> came to his senses <laughs> <laughs> um from your perspective tyson though like what what would you say are some of the biggest misconceptions straight people have about the lgbtq plus community yeah I mean, I guess one of them is kind of what I touched on earlier is that when people come out as bi, you know, it's kind of like a stepping stone and it's Mm -hmm. just like, oh, he's bi now. He's probably just gay. You know, so that kind of like at first I felt bad that I did that because, you know, a lot of like in the bi community, there's a lot of what they call like bi erasure where, you know, people say it doesn't exist. But, you know, for me, I truly felt like I was bi at the time. I wasn't like using it as a stepping stone. But then even, like, if you do do that, you know, it shouldn't invalidate the fact that there are people that are bisexual, you know, straight community. And so I guess that's one of them that, you know, if someone comes out as bi, you know, they might totally be bi. And if not, you know, they're not. But it doesn't mean that they're going to be gay just because they say that they're bi. And so, you know, that's one of them. Another one, I guess this one's specific to, you know, I guess gay male relationships is that mm-hmm. there's always, you know, a feminine one and a masculine one or, like, you know, someone who, like, kind of falls into those roles, which, yeah. you know, isn't true <laughs> at all, you know. Two, you know, more feminine guys could be dating, two masculine guys could be dating. Mm-hmm. Like, my boyfriend and I, I feel like we're both equally, you know, feminine and equally masculine. And so, you know, we don't fit that 
stereotype because it's, you know, not really true. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are a couple. I mean, there are definitely a lot more, I'm sure, within, you know, the rest of the queer community and the trans community, but I don't necessarily want to speak on those just because, you know, I'm not a trans individual or, you know. So. I feel you. Definitely understandable. Yeah. Um, and kind of to close out this episode, um, I feel like it's only apropos. Like, what advice would you have for someone questioning their their sexuality, whether they're old, young, in this you know eighth grade like you were, or they might be a senior, or they might be in college? Like, what advice would you have for that individual? Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's important to find kind of like role models or key figures to look up to, just because you know seeing people being happy and successful and healthy, like in you know, an LGBTQ plus relationship is so, you know, like rewarding and helpful and encouraging. And so when I was growing up, I, I wouldn't say there were that many. Um, there were a couple people, but not not as prominent as it is now, especially with, you know, the development of social media, specifically Instagram. There's so many couples that are in the LGBTQ community that have, you know, Instagrams or, you know, Twitters or whatever, YouTube channels that are specific to, you know, their relationships. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I think it's so helpful for, you know, not even just the younger generation, but anyone who's struggling to really kind of look up to those and see that, you know, I'm not okay with this now, but these people have been in a simul- similar situation and they've gotten to where they exactly. are now. You know, it's exactly. normal. You can have a normal relationship and a normal life. And so I think that's kind of just the main point of advice is, you know, find those role models and just kind of take your time. You know, there's no need to rush into anything just because, you know, you feel like you might be gay now. doesn't mean you need to, you know, go out and date someone or do do anything crazy. You know, take your time. There's no rush to get to any specific point in your life. So patience, patience. Yeah. And uh, Yvette, from your perspective, like how important or what, what is some advice from a friend, from a supporter standpoint that you would give to someone who may be in a similar role that you that you were in? Yeah, I would say like always listen and also be patient. You know, you don't know what someone's going through, so you don't want to pry them or be like, I know you are. So just like that patience is, is key and also listening, being there for someone, um, no matter what, just, you know, helping as much as you can um and being like that full supporter that ally like they are going through something and you're there to help them and it's not about you know um what they have to tell you or what they have to share just being a friend in general um and also doing your research if you don't know you don't have to like make them uncomfortable by asking like do your own research and take the time to you know educate yourself don't be ignorant and don't turn a blind eye especially because like we have so much access to information um and social media you know everyone's posting infographics Uh, i'm not saying you have to share every single thing you see but like you know speak for something that you support and you care about and then also take your time to read up and listen and and um you know do your own research in your time um also you know with rainbow washing of big companies like seeing if they're truly supportive or if they've donated to you know like mitch mcconnell or whatever but um just like (laughs) that like taking that step too um if you're a full ally and um 
yeah, like I said, patience, listening, and, and just being a good friend, especially like when I was in church, I like, I was just so ignorant and I didn't know better. And like, I was just like, oh yeah, this is right. So I guess perspective taking as well, just trying to understand what others are going through and, and being there for them. And so it seemed like the, the theme of both of your guys' answer is just patience. Yeah. Patience, love, and understanding is a key um, cog to just, I don't know, um, supporting someone as they kind of find their true self and find their freedom. Yeah. Um, but Tyson, before you go, um, I asked you to make a playlist. So we're going to kind of walk through your playlist a little bit. Um, okay. Kind of tell me what, what inspires some of this, man. Uh, let's, let's go from the top, uh, the Beyonce track. Yeah, no, uh, Beyonce is definitely my like number one. Ever since I was little, you could ask my mom when I was like two years old, I'd be in my car seat and say my name would come on and I would sing it, <laughs> even though I didn't know the words. She always said I would say Simone. And then, you know, <laughs> in the back of my car seat, that's what I've been doing since day one. So, you know, she's definitely got to be on there. School and Life, I don't know, it's just like an upbeat, you know song that I like listen to all the time you know has a good message and yeah that's why I put that one on there but I mean like I didn't really pick any of these for like a specific reason I just I guess it's just what you're vibing to right now yeah well not even necessarily like I don't listen to these songs necessarily on a daily basis but they're definitely Mm -hmm. songs that I might have discovered at a specific time and you know made me feel some type of way or something and so they're just the ones that you know I keep going back to you know time and time again just because you know good <laughs> all right cool man so i'm definitely going to tap in with your playlist today all right but if you're looking at youtube you can just actually it's in the link in the, in the description um but please tap in either on spotify or apple music um and let's let's hear what tyson's listening to so um i want to thank both of you guys for joining us um really dope conversation very insightful um tyson thank you for for kind of sharing some intimate moments with us in your journey um and hopefully somebody listening who maybe in the same predicament, maybe in the same situation, um, maybe kind of evolving at the same rate as you can have someone to now look up to. You said, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's good to have people to look up to. So maybe you are now that person, you know, maybe you're you're in that stage of your journey of being that individual that people can look to and find inspiration and find life in. So um, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your story. Yvette, thank you for supporting Tyson. Thank you for being here as a guest. And that's our show. Thank you.